Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for joining us. WDET is the best place on the radio to hear live performances and great conversations like the ones we have here on Detroit Today. But one of the best conversations in town is happening live at the Fox Theater. When you make your gift to WDET today, one lucky person is going to win a terrific prize package. Dinner for two at Iridescence, a night stay at Motor City Hotel and Casino, and main floor seats to see Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin live at the Fox on October 30th. So make your gift of support for WDET at WDET.org.now, and good luck. Also remember that, yes, these incentives are wonderful reasons to give to WDET, but the real reason to give is your love of the programming here, all of the great conversation and music that we have 24 hours a day here on WDET. Also remember to join me and guests Dr. Mona Hannah Atisha and Michigan Senate Minority Leader Jim Ananick next Tuesday, September 10th at the Detroit Public Library for the finale of this summer's WDET Book Club. We have been reading Dr. Mona's book, What the Eyes Don't See, and discussing safe water and infrastructure and environmental justice here in Southeast Michigan. We've had wonderful events all over Southeast Michigan this summer and seen a lot of you at those events. We want to see you all on September 10th at the Detroit Public Library for the finale. Uh, It is free to attend, but we are asking people to register for this event. You go to WDET.org slash events to do that, and we will see you next Tuesday. And speaking of the Flint water crisis, although state officials have apologized repeatedly for their mishandling of the water crisis, there's one former city councilman who has been there since the beginning and says that is not enough. He holds state officials and former emergency managers responsible and says that Ed Kurtz initiated the need for a switch and Darnell Early carried out the order without any consideration to the MDEQ 2011 report on unsafe lead levels. Recently, criminal charges have been dropped and blame still gets shifted around an awful lot in Flint's 18-month-long water crisis. Now, a state representative, Sheldon Neely, calls the acts that led to the poisoning of thousands of Flint children criminal as officials ignored repeated reports from mothers, researchers, and the pediatrician we've been highlighting all summer, Dr. Mona Hanna Atisha. The WDET Book Club has featured Dr. Mona's book, What the Eyes Don't See, focusing on that water infrastructure issues, uh, lead, uh, environmental justice, lots of things that come out of the text of that book. Our next guest, Representative Sheldon Neely, shares with us his experience as a current lawmaker in Flint and as a former member of Flint's City Council in what led up to the water crisis. State Representative Sheldon Neely, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, let's start with uh, your sense of responsibility in this uh, in this matter. Uh, as I said in the opening, uh, you believe that there is far more culpability than has been meted out for consequence in the wake of this uh, of this crisis. Talk about what you mean when you say that. Well, you know, it's past, present, and then moving forward, you know, there's still a lot of level of culpability uh, that needs to be addressed. Uh, past, you know, the Governor Snyder and his uh, emergency managers and 
and some other uh, people of like thinking to the governor at that particular time uh, has a level of responsibility to what happened and the tragic uh, events that happened and unfolded in the city of Flint. Uh, moving currently, uh, we have others that's been monetizing the suffering of people here in the community because there's been a lot of dollars, a lot of resources that has been delivered for recovery for the residents, but they've, they've been monetized. And some people in this community now, uh, they don't want to release uh, uh, the, the crisis mentality uh, that the country may look at us uh, with because they're monetizing it for their own uh, profit. So let's go back to 2013 when this switch was being discussed. Uh, there was a vote of the city council to mm-hmm. to decide on this switch from Detroit Water um, uh, to Carignandi. Uh Talk about what was going through your mind when that happened. Well, well, at that time, you know, uh, residents in the city of Flint pays the highest water rates in America. Um, um, and they were looking for relief, a poor community with very high water rates. And people were looking and scrambling, uh, uh, calling for relief uh, from elected officials to provide some levels of relief. Uh, during that period of time that we had decided as a community and with the partnerships of other municipalities to buy our own water system, to deliver water to our residents at a uh, more affordable rate, uh, and that was the Karagandi. Uh In Genesee County, where the city of Flint sits, uh, we have 32 units of government. Uh, currently now, out of those 32 units of government, everyone uh, but the city of Flint is on the Karagandi water line. The water line was uh, perfected, completed, and now it delivers water all around the city of Flint. Uh, but the city of Flint still uh, purchased their water from now, the Gliwa system. But during that particular period of time, uh, it was a call for relief, uh, rate relief for residents, and then that's when we decided to buy into the Care Gandhi. Uh, never at any particular time uh, was there a decision made by local officials to go to the Flint River uh, as the primary source of water. And why did you support that? Well, just the, as I aforementioned uh, about the rate, rate relief uh, to residents, um, at that particular time, information was um, very elusive, trying to get good information from then the emergency managers uh, that controlled the day, um, uh, you know, and the dynamic of what was going on and what was to be released to elected officials. Uh, the only option at that particular time that we thought as a body was to vote uh, to join and purchase our own water delivery system. And did you believe at the time that you were being perhaps set up or used by the emergency manager as cover for this decision? Uh, or were you really enthusiastic about the idea of, of this switch and what it would do for the people of Flint? Well, you know, you have to look in, in terms of, of, of rentership or ownership, right? You know, at that particular time, the city of Flint was, was renters of a, a different uh, water delivery system. We rented uh, a portion of it to deliver water to our residents. And then we thought ownership would be much better because at some point in time that the economic structure uh, would change and we will be able to sell some of the commodity of water uh, to other outlining areas. And so it was a great uh, it was a business decision uh, and moving forward. And also it was an automatic relief for residents as we talk about rate reduction. And so uh, basically, Basically, uh, with the options that we had at that particular time, we felt um, that it was better to buy and become owners versus to continue to rent. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I imagine that your belief was that this kind of switch would be handled by the professionals at the water plant in, in Flint and would conform with the things that the Department of Environmental Quality and the EPA require when you switch a water source for uh, drinking water. Uh, talk about how you learned that things had gone as wrong as they did. Well, we didn't learn it. You know, uh, myself being a resident of the city of Flint, my mother, my family, my children, uh, we didn't very, we didn't learn that things were, were going awry. Uh, we thought the oversight from the EPA and the MDEQ was going to be a stringent uh, protection for residents. You know, when we talk about the Safe Water Drinking Act that, that protects all of our water uh, um, systems in, the, in our country and also in our state, I thought it was going to be a more stringent um, process. But uh, the same uh, elements that, of emergency management, they kept things away from local elected officials. They kept things away from those others like in, at MDEQ and also the EPA. So it was a failure uh, to communicate a, a good information to people to make better decisions. And so uh, we first became aware of it on the local side when residents started to complain about the bad smell, bad taste. Uh, rashes and different things of that nature. And at that particular time, still in the city council, I filed a damage claim uh, against the city itself. Uh, upon that, filing that damage claim, the emergency managers told uh, me and my colleagues that we had no standing to represent anyone inside the city of Flinton. That is the failure in that, uh, that law. Uh, when you have one person, they can uh, overtake and, and do different things outside of a uh, a redress from anyone. Um, then we did a petition drive to be able to say we can represent individuals to be able to uh, represent them. Um, and we went forward from that particular point. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Representative Sheldon Neely, who represents the city of Flint in the state legislature. We're talking about the switch that took place in 2014 from Detroit water to the source of the Flint River in Flint, which led to the Flint water crisis, the lead poisoning that everyone in that city was exposed to. We're sort of talking about, over time, how Sheldon Neely has come to see that switch and the consequences of it, and who should be paying the price for what happened. Who should be held accountable for these tragic errors that led to such a major public health crisis in the city of Flint. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us what you think about responsibility for the Flint water crisis and how that responsibility ought to be meted out. Uh, also call and tell us what you think uh, about the idea of uh, switching water sources for uh, cities like Flint. Uh, lots of municipalities believe that they pay too much to the Detroit Water Department uh, for their source of water. Um, is that something that you think people ought to be doing, thinking about other ways to get fresh water into their homes? As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, before we get to the callers, uh, Representative Neely, I want to ask you more directly about who you think ought to be held responsible for this and what that ought accountability ought to look like. The attorney general 
has said uh, she may reintroduce charges if uh, Prosecutor Chim- Kim Worthy, who has been assigned to, to look into this more thoroughly, comes up with charges. I wonder, in your mind, what justice would look like on that end of, of things. Well, two levels of, uh, of accountability needs to be addressed. First is the criminal culpability of those who knew something was bad, and that we had a toxin in our water, and allow people to uh, drink that and digest that that toxin with uh, with no I you know with no uh, level of, of remorse for what was going on and no level of uh, trying to make our community uh, recover uh, as a byproduct of having that toxicity. So that's the criminal culpability. Once they identify that something was in the water that was bad for children, seniors, uh, and others, they should have automatically went into emergency mode at that particular time to, to remediate that problem. That's the criminal culpability, and that's what I'm hoping that uh, this uh, Attorney General Dana Nessel uh, will engage engage a process to criminally prosecute them. Um, now, secondly, uh, the, the financial culpability, you know, the state kind of forced uh, the municipality's hand into uh, getting into a situation and uh, in a system where we probably could not have afforded it. And so if you look at uh, ways to financially uh, make this community whole and not leave the burden on the residents, uh, that there's a level of culpability that needs to be uh, administered uh, uh, there and also to remediate um that that amount of money that's need to be reimbursed to the residents that's paying for this this tragedy. So you and other lawmakers from Flint recently introduced bills to try to extend the statute of limitations for prosecutors to file charges against public officials. How concerned are you that that window is going to close before we get to the end of this investigation? Are you worried that uh, Kim Worthy's investigation won't conclude in time? Well, and that's why the, the legislation was introduced because we were worried. We were worried about the level of uh, uh, the level of, of the ability to be able to prosecute effectively with the short window that they have left under the statute of limitation. And so, hopefully, we'll be able to uh, uh, quickly move that piece of legislation through the House and Senate and get the governor to sign it to give the, uh, the, uh, the investigators and the prosecutors more time to uh, do a more thorough job in their prosecution uh, than the past Attorney General Bill Schutte did. Uh, it was my initial request upon uh, back when this first started to then the Attorney General Bill Schutte to engage the investigation, which was, uh, my request was delayed by three months. He initially rejected the request, and then three months later he engaged the request. Now. At the cost of taxpayers throughout the state of Michigan, probably more than $30 million was expended upon that investigation to leave us with um, the dropping of charges and then now the, the reinvestigation. So we're hopeful um, that it won't cost as much money and it won't take as, as long of a period of time to get justice for residents of the city of Flint. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, let's go to Charlie and Royal Oak. Charlie, what's on your mind? Yeah, a couple things. One, I wonder why the rates were so high in Flint when pretty much every other municipality in southeast Michigan uses DWSD. Were they adding something to it? I mean, isn't the DSD or DWSD, weren't they charging the same rates to all municipalities outside Detroit? And then two, um, 
if the city of Flint's council voted to switch to the other source, don't they have some culpability as well as the financial manager? Hmm. Uh, Charlie, those are both great questions. I'm glad you called. Uh, Representative Neely, uh, let's start with the question about Flint's rates. Why were they so high? Well, they they were high. I think I think the um, the stability of the whole municipality was was uh, levied on the back of the water the water fund uh, was a level of mismanagement in some areas uh, there. Um, but the rates were charged um, from, from Detroit. It was a higher rate charged to the users, uh, the renters of a system, uh, versus the owners of the system. So we had no real uh, no real way to offset that. We were, we were totally at the mercy of those that were supplying the water, so we had to pay the rates that was, uh, you know, put forth as the cost of that, that life-sustaining uh, commodity. Secondly, to make sure that your caller and your listeners understand this, because this has been an area of confusion. This has been the smoky area where Snyder and the rest of his administration tried to cover themselves by saying it was failure on multiple levels. Understanding the vote was to purchase, but the vote by the city council of the city of Flint was to purchase and buy into another system, uh, which was the KWA. Um, and this, so it was never a vote to switch to the Flint River water, which was the, the major corporate of the, the poisoning of, of residents inside the city of Flint. But moreover, even that particular source could have been used and treated appropriately it would have not caused the problem. So an emergency manager decided solely, independently, by themselves, to switch to the Flint River water. That was never a decision before the Flint City Council, the local municipality. Secondly, the emergency manager made a decision not to appropriately treat the source of water that was being delivered to the residents. Now, um, so those were two two, uh, decisions made by the emergency managers under the state um, rule uh, that caused these problems, not the local community or the, the municipality. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the second question there about uh, about officials. What 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 was your answer there? Pardon me, I'm sorry. The second question that the caller had about uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, he, he was. I think the, the second question, as I understood it. Uh, did the local uh, city council uh, share any responsibility right. or should share any responsibility right. for uh, the switch? And I just thought I cleared it up. Yeah, I saying see. The, a, vote, the, the vote for the city council was to purchase and be a partner in the purchasing of the KWA system, not to the switch to the Flint River water. It was never going to be uh, a switch until the KWA system was to come online. That was the understanding of the local unit of government. Yeah. Um, You know, I I want you to expand on that just a little bit because Mm -hmm. um, I think the Detroit water system is known around the world for the quality uh, of of the water and the efficiency of the system in delivering that water. I wonder if you can talk a little more about where the origin of the idea of getting away from that came from. I mean, that's one of the things that I think puzzles a lot of people, uh, that the city council um, did want to to leave a system like Detroit to take its chances with something new. Well, the, the source the source of water that comes through the Detroit system was, was, is the same source of water that the KWA system uses. 
they, they both uh, draw water from the same source. Right. So but, quality, but it's building a duplicate system. But the newer duplicate system, right? Okay. So you have, you know, you have a, a old vehicle versus a new vehicle. One vehicle you lease, one vehicle you own. Hmm. So it's, it's those are the, uh, it's not a duality of that. So you had four different units of government making a major purchase to purchase its own independent system that they owned, versus continuing to um, rent from a system that was uh, previously well owned by a different uh, community. Okay, uh, Doctor Representative Sheldon Neely, uh, it was really great to have you here on Detroit Today to talk about the Flint water crisis. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. God bless. Okay, up next, we are going to talk about vaping and the new decision to get rid of flavored e-cigarettes here in Michigan. Governor Gretchen Whitmer says that seems like it's being marketed to children. We're going to talk with the state's chief medical executive about that move. Jonay Caldoun says youth vaping is a public health emergency. But what do you think? How how would you respond to the popularity of these e-cigarettes, including among children? Give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today.